Chapter Twenty of Grandpa in Oz by Ruth Plumley Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty: The Prophet Confesses. You can well imagine the surprise of Grandpa and his little army to discover that the flower maiden whom they had been loving all this while was really the lost princess. How the story ever would have been straightened out had it not been for Dorothy, I have no idea. "'Why didn't you tell us it was Eartha?' shouted Grandpa, shaking his finger indignantly at Perhaps. "'And who is Eartha?' gasped the astonished old monarch, fanning himself with his crown, for he was in such a state by this time that he hardly knew what he was doing. "'My daughter's name is pretty good, isn't it, my dear?' The little flower fairy shook her head solemnly. "'My name is Eartha,' she insisted softly. "'Isn't it, Tatters?' "'She's bewitched,' groaned the king. "'She's bewitching,' corrected Grandpa. "'Stop, stop,' said Dorothy. "'We'll never get things straightened out this way. "'Everybody sit down and quick, quick catch that prophet.' Abrog had been slyly edging toward the door, but the forgetful poet with a quick bound brought him back. "'Now then,' said Dorothy, when they were all seated, "'I believe Abrog is at the bottom of the whole business. Let's make him tell. Did you bewitch this princess?' she demanded sternly. Abrog only mumbled and scowled and refused to speak a word. "'Better answer this young lady,' puffed Perhaps warningly. "'She is a princess of Oz and can have you well punished.' "'Speak up, you old villain!' shouted Grandpa, waving his sword over the prophet's head. But Abrog stood still, and stubbornly refused to say a word, until the old soldier suddenly bethought himself of the wizard's medicine. "'Maybe there's a cure for the tongue-tied on this,' muttered Grandpa. Taking out the bottle, he began to scan the green label. At the first sight of the medicine a dreadful change came over the prophet. He turned sickly green and began to tremble violently. "'Give me that bottle! Give me that bottle, and I will tell all!' he panted, trying desperately to snatch it from Grandpa. "'Don't you do it!' cried the Prince of Ragbad. "'Why, Grandpa, I believe—I believe this is the wizard himself!' "'But it says Gorba,' muttered the old soldier, holding the bottle high above his head. "'Don't you remember?' "'Gorba!' exclaimed Dorothy, writing the word with her finger in the air. "'Why, Gorba is Abrog spelled backwards!' "'Abrog and Gorba!' shrieked Persevere, bounding to his feet. The poet instantly broke into verse in his customary style. "'Abrog and Gorba are one and the same, a prophet and wizard wrapped up in one—one—one—' uh, one, uh, one... Name, finished Perhaps, almost tumbling from his throne. This is the most exciting story I ever was in, wheezed the head of Fumbo from its place on the table. The prophet had fairly crumbled up at Dorothy's discovery, and seeing that further resistance was useless, he whined out the whole of his story. Determined to save Pretty Good from the monster and marry her himself, he had decided to change her to mud. 
for a princess as ugly as mud even a monster would not marry, explained the old villain tearfully. So, for this purpose, he had carried her to the hidden garden, where all his magic appliances were kept. But so sweet, lovely, and good was the little princess of perhaps city, that the evil spell of the wizard, instead of changing her to a muddy image, as Abrog intended, had turned her into a bewitching little flower fairy. Disappointed at the way his magic had worked, Abrog had nevertheless resolved to keep her under the spell until after the day of the prophecy, and then change her back to her own self and marry her at once. But when he returned to the garden he found her gone, and he had hurried as fast as he could back to Perhaps City. How he had been robbed of his magic medicine on the first day he bewitched Eartha, and how Eartha herself had been released by Tatters and Grandpa, we know. But what about this monster? panted the old soldier as Abrog finished speaking and began uncomfortably shuffling his feet on the golden floor. Let me see that prophecy, demanded Dorothy. The unwilling prophet drew the crumpled parchment from his sleeve. A youth wrapped in the skin of an old bear, a youth with two heads upon his shoulders and carrying a red umbrella, will marry the princess of perhaps city, read Dorothy in some surprise. Why, that's Tatters, cried the little girl in delight. Of course it is, declared Grandpa. Why, there isn't any monster at all. Whoever said there was? He stared around triumphantly, and perhaps pointed angrily at the old prophet, who was hopping about in a vain attempt to escape. "'What shall we do to him?' asked the forgetful poet, seizing Abrog by the collar and holding him, kicking and struggling in the air. Some said this and some said that, but it was Grandpa, running his finger quickly down the trusty green label, who finally decided the matter. For, listed under sorcery, he found a sure cure for Abrog. "'Break a saucer of the mixture over the sorcerer's head,' directed the bottle severely. So a saucer was quickly brought, and, paying no attention to the squalls and screams of the scheming old prophet, Grandpa broke it over his head. At the first crack of the china, Abrog disappeared, and as everyone jumped with surprise, a little brown mouse scurried across the room. "'Well, he won't do much harm in that shape,' sighed Grandpa, as Toto went sniffing all around the throne under which the mouse had disappeared. "'But my daughter,' cried Pierhap suddenly, "'who will unbewitch the princess now?' The company exchanged dismayed glances, realizing too late that they should have forced Abrog to dish-enchant Eartha before they punished him. End of chapter 20